Hey, this is Ed Gallo. You're listening to the Fight Sites Wrestling Podcast. Uh, before you get confused, if you're not a regular listener to any Fight Site podcast, this is going to be about what you might call amateur wrestling. Uh, folk style, freestyle, Greco-Roman, a little bit maybe. Uh, not professional wrestling. So if you want to hear about professional wrestling, wrong podcast. This is technically the first episode. However, you might remember I did have a podcast series on this network called Wrestling for MMA, uh, and articles (laughs) titled Wrestling for MMA. I want to get away from that just because uh, it's a little relaunch here for me after some time off. And yeah, I just want to start over, no expectations, make it a little more broad for myself. So I can talk about MMA, I can talk about pure sport wrestling, I will talk about whatever I want as long as wrestling is involved. So just giving myself a little more wiggle room. And uh, yeah, this episode I intend to be short. It's going to be a short episode where I really just talk about Bo Nickel, the situation that has come up with him as a prospect, what people are saying, my take on the whole thing, really. So yeah, you're going to get my thoughts on Bo Nickel here. Uh, Why you should care about my thoughts? Uh, Well, I don't know. uh, If you you don't know me, I I wrote for Bloody Elbow for uh, several years about wrestling and wrestling for MMA. Uh, Definitely check some of my articles out. You can just look up Ed Gallo. Uh, wrestling or Ed Gallo, Bloody Elbow, whatever you want to do. I do have a document that links all my articles. However, the thing about that is uh, I was hosting a lot of my clips that go into my articles on Streamable, and Streamable did suspend my account and delete everything permanently and make it impossible for me to get it back. And I did go through support and try to make appeals to get that stuff, but no, it's gone. I do have the clips on my computer, but no, there, there were so many. There were hundreds. So, bye-bye. It's all gone. <laughs> um, sad. Very sad. But there's still good information in the article, so I recommend checking them out. So, for the article that is most relevant to this podcast will obviously be the Bo Nickel article. You can find that if you look up Wrestling Breakdown Bo Nickel. Just look that up. It'll become obvious. Uh, it's branded as a breakdown about him winning the Under-23 World Championship. That is the focus, but there's a lot of information about his wrestling career, who he beat, who he lost to, um, the significance of his accomplishments, and uh, yeah, actual technical breakdown of how he won his matches at Worlds. And it's a definitely a, a look into snapdowns and ankle picks, things of that nature. It's really level manipulation as a tactic in wrestling matches, which you know definitely applies to MMA. So if you're looking for that angle, that's there too. Uh, if you're really interested in the whole ankle pick situation. I also have an article called Wrestling Breakdown, uh, something about Kale Sanderson and Daniel Cormier. It's from their match. It's about an ankle pick from that match. And yeah, it's good. It's pretty good. That's some of my better work. Just bragging. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I have some exper- expertise in the sport of wrestling um, in terms of writing about it, talking about it. Uh, I do coach wrestling. I coach middle school level wrestling. That's a, a new development for me. I coached uh, in different capacities before, but was never a coach with a team until last year and i intend to do something similar this year which i will talk about another time uh but yeah welcome to the podcast it's not going to be very long i'm just really going to break down my thoughts on this bo nickel situation and then future episodes we'll see i'm just trying to be very deliberate about what i talk about plan it out beforehand this is a very spur of the moment reactionary podcast just wanted to get it out uh some easy listening you know what i mean so there you go let's start with what am i talking about (laughs) Who's Bo Nickel? Bo Nickel is, the reason people are talking about him is because he is a MMA prospect now. 
He just had his first fight on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. I like to say the whole name because it's ridiculous. Um, the whole concept is ridiculous. I'm definitely going to get into that a little bit more. Um, everyone's calling it the Contender Series, ignoring that th- that that is the rest of the name. Um, and it is important to, to understand why I emphasize that. So we'll get into that. But Bo Nickel had his first fight there, won very, very easily. Obviously, he uh, his opponent was overmatched they they gave him somebody to take out easily look impressive he did that and yeah he's uh got three professional fights i believe he has one or two amateur fights which was silly don't know why they let him do that uh because in terms of wrestling credentials bo nickel is a three-time national champion from penn state uh, and under 23 world champion in freestyle um it just has a lot of accolades a lot of talent um and is young so he's in his physical prime as well or close to it approaching it perhaps and yeah he, he shouldn't have been fighting amateurs at any point and I, I definitely have thoughts on irresponsible matchmaking predatory matchmaking um i understand that's the model in boxing but i don't think just because it's a model that we've seen before that it's a norm that we need to accept it or be okay with it um i understand fighting is a very brutal business but that doesn't mean we can't advocate for better practices that would be better for the people involved um, we can try to make it more humane. We could try to make it better for the people who participate so they're not sacrificing their livelihood in, in a very literal sense for nothing. Um, that's also a personal interest of mine, so that'll be in these podcasts. So if you are somebody who's like, MMA is blood sport, who cares? Like, they know what they signed up for. I understand that perspective, but I think you should also understand the conditions that cause someone to become a prize fighter, someone who takes damage to their body to make money why they feel that's necessary um i think a lot of them if they had other options they might not do that um some of them they do so it it is case by case so i I don't want to in a general sense be like no every single fighter uh needs to be handheld and and protected but i I definitely think the sport is is very corrupt and predatory and we can always look for avenues for things to be a little bit better so i'll get into that later when i talk about the situation with his career in general so uh with context on bo nichols wrestling career and the way he wrestles everything like that again i really want you to read wrestling breakdown uh bo nickel how he won the u23 world championship i don't know how i wrote it exactly but just look up wrestling breakdown bo nickel it'll probably be one of the first ones it's on bloody elbow and yeah so i don't want to spend a lot of the podcast doing that because it's already there i've already done the work so go go read the work uh so i don't have to explain it again i'm very lazy but you know the gist of it is Penn State guys are incredible mat wrestlers, very, very, very good on top, great scramblers, the best scramblers in the NCAA. Usually, um, very tricky. They they like to try out new things, so they do a lot of like play and flow wrestling in their practice. So they get to experiment with with different techniques, um, and you know just get to take risks. And they take risks in practice. They take risks during the season, and they're very good at peaking for the postseason. They uh, some of them will, will take a loss or two during the regular season that you're like, oh, that's surprising, but just very consistently they show up at ncaa's as the best version of themselves and uh, they win when it counts the most so there's something to that for sure um i think that definitely speaks to nickel's potential as an mma fighter where you really can peak the way you want to because you have so much time in between competitions you get to rest and, and lead up to something so i'm sure he understands peaking he's a great competitor he's very experienced so that's going to play in as well uh but bo nickel in addition to those penn state chops where he's an uh, amazing mat wrestler uh he's also very good upper body uh, great from underhooks b- big throws uh, headlocks uh underhook throw buys um 
He'll go like uh, double under throws, over under throws. Um, he can do a lot. He can do a lot, which I think really makes him uniquely suited for MMA because he's still a good leg attacker. Um, he can basically do it all. Something that I saw during his wrestling career that made me nervous about MMA for him because he's been talking about it for a while. Uh, sometimes he, he'll be very reactive. He'll be very relaxed and like laid back and kind of let people do things before he goes off. It depends on who's wrestling. Sometimes he'll just explode and take them out right away. Sometimes he'll be a little bit more uh, relaxed. And I was just like, I don't know. I, I, I just hope I can't. I could imagine someone catching him sleeping. But in his fights I've seen so far, he's been very focused and proactive, which is all good. Uh, but I could see him getting to the point where he uh, starts to let that discipline slip in his fights if he starts to get a bit too high of an opinion about his fighting ability i could see him becoming more like that again and that is something to watch out for so hopefully his coaches are keeping him honest um and his he should have a, he should have a fairly no-nonsense style and i don't mean he shouldn't go for things that are flashy or anything like that i think he should stick to business though he should try not to showboat or fight in a way that he thinks is like psychologically dominating he should he should let his skills speak for themselves um and i've seen that in his matches and it, it was exciting in wrestling matches but the stakes are a lot higher here uh getting knocked out is obviously uh, a bigger deal than losing a wrestling match uh, that could have lifelong consequences so for Bo's sake uh stick to what you're doing right now don't go back to that because he listens um and he searches his own name on twitter so if you want to talk about him he'll see it uh, <laughs> Um, so that's a little bit about him as a wrestler. I don't want to go too deep into it. Again, read the article. And let's talk about the fights. Not all of his fights, really just the fight from Contender Series. I'm not even going to talk about his opponent. I did not research his opponent. I did not watch other fights from his opponent. I watched this fight where his opponent immediately jogged forward, ran up, thinking about a, a, like a bicycle knee, a flying knee, uh, and then landed directly in front of Nickel with his out of stance essentially he landed out of stance right in front of him momentum forward uh screaming take me down so that was a mistake <laughs> that was a pretty big mistake um it reminds me of uh the leech Jing Leong versus Hamza Shimaev uh where the first thing he did he's like well this guy wins his fights by taking people down immediately and just overwhelming them overwhelming them early with his top game so I'm going to gallop out to the center and uh, put all my weight behind my rear hand and uh, expose my hips and let him in on an easy shot and throw the head hard. And uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, this is, I keep making my comparisons worse. Here's a worse comparison. CM Punk versus Mickey Gall. Same concept. Like this guy's a grappler. He is going to want to take me down. I'm going to give him a really easy takedown as the first thing I do in this fight. Just, what are you doing, man? I, I, I think I probably understand the motivation. It's likely, uh, you know, setting the tone or whatever. Um, this is some sort of decision. But you need to be more thoughtful about these things uh, and realize that whatever larger overarching factors you're trying to contribute to with that move, the bigger deal is that they're going to take you down immediately. Um, so, yeah, maybe a flying knee would have worked, but commit to it? I don't know. <laughs> maybe don't put yourself horribly out of position immediately so he got taken down immediately um it was a reactive double leg you could call it although Bo did kind of hang for a second before he shot uh so it wasn't purely reactive but after he planted he shot um head what we would call on the wrong side sometimes it's a very common way to, to 
DC double shot in MMA. We talked a lot about it. I don't want to get into it again, but sometimes it's just convenient for transitioning from your striking stance into the shot. If you can get to the legs and if you can run them through and you can put them on their back, it's fine. It's fine. So I don't want to get too deep into that. Took him down. Uh, this fellow went to escape right away. Uh, Bo ended up transitioning to front headlock and snapped him down like you don't see in MMA very often. Uh, pretty much every Penn State wrestler has an amazing snap down, probably the best in the NCAA. That's another thing they're the best at. Um, they, they put out videos about it. Uh, Jason Nolf and Zane Rutherford have a video where they talk about snap downs. Um, and it's just something they practice a lot, and they're all very strong, and they're very good at it. So, yeah. If you can get to front headlock and snap people down like that in MMA, uh, it's it's big problems. Uh, ends up uh, trying to hit a standing guillotine. Doesn't commit to it too hard. Uh, he had an opportunity to switch to like the uh, grip on the bicep. I think he could have hit like a front choke. Um, but it's okay. Um, he ended up hitting the go behind really smooth, really, really clean, explosive. Uh, getting to the back. Hanging uh, without hooks in on the back for a little bit waiting to see what was going to happen uh because you know if his opponent stands up completely you get to rear standing i'm, I'm sure bo nickel could mat return him whatever way he wants or maybe he commits uh to turtle or commits to trying to go to his back i think he was just waiting for a reaction to see what he wanted to do makes sense i, I didn't have any problems with it he ended up putting hooks in uh fighting hands getting his arm across the face and squeezing super hard it was like a face crank basically um gets the tap in a little over a minute it was good it was a good performance i can't really pick out anything that bothered me he looked composed he looked good he didn't really make mistakes um i I liked what he was doing he looked good um i watched his other fights he was mostly on his feet in those because they were quick um he he looks like he, he he can do it he can really do it i thought he could um, I didn't really doubt it because he's that kind of athlete. He's that kind of wrestler. Um, not every wrestler I see them, if they're at a high level, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they'd be good in MMA. Bo Nickel, yeah, I see that. Um, and you see it now, too. I mean, he's he's, he's aggressive. He, he can do it. Um, he's not scared of fighting. Um, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. And middleweight's a great division for him to make this run. It's funny. Uh, Bellator just got taken over by, by uh, wrestlers as well with uh, Dalton Rasta, who wrestled at the... Um, not the D1 level, but he wrestled in college, I believe. And uh, Johnny Eblen, who wrestled at Missouri, I actually watched his college career um, in real time. He uh, he won the Bellator belt. He beat Musasi, which is... It's a little funny, but <laughs> uh, that's not really the topic here. So that's the fight. Bonico wins the fight very easily, does what he's supposed to do. And, you know, they're giving out the contracts for people that won. And the, the reasoning is all over the place for who is getting a contract and who wasn't. Um... I thought there were some questionable decisions, honestly. Um, it, don't get me wrong. I want everyone to get a contract because that's what they're there for. And, you know, it sucks if they don't. Um, and the reasons are often arbitrary. And I, I feel they're cruel. And it's just, it's a terrible position to be in with, with Dana White, like holding her fate in his hands, um, feeling like it's completely up to this guy's preferences. But again, the name of the show is Dana White's Contender Series. When you agree to go on there, you agree to have a fight that's not under normal circumstances. You saw from the first episode this season that he gave that whole speech about you have to put on a show, you have to take risks, you have to you know, be really aggressive and, and try to win, try to make it a really good fight. Um, winning is not enough, is what he said. So, you know, fair deal. That it's, your, it's your show. You can say that. That can be your, the, how, you, how you do things. Um, but as a fighter, you know, like you're, you're in a certain fight. Um, let's think about 
I don't know, the Shannon Ross fight. Maybe he could have won or lost that fight without getting knocked out. That man had appendicitis. <laughs> Maybe he could have not gotten knocked out, you know? But he prioritized being exciting and being aggressive, and he got knocked out. And that's not a small thing. Getting knocked out's a really big deal. Um, I think we're way too nonchalant about people getting knocked out. Um, obviously, I watch MMA. I have to accept at some level that people get knocked out and people get hurt. But it's I, I just from what I hear, people are not as careful as they should be about how they uh, treat their bodies after these things happen. So it's not good. Uh, so you're in a situation where you're going to have to fight differently. Um, and that's just it's it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch because they're not fighting for a lot of money. Um, these are 5K and 5K contracts, 5K to show, 5K to win. Um, so essentially, you were fighting for a maximum $10,000, but it's about the opportunity, right? I'm going to get into the UFC. But most of these people are pretty decent prospects, and they probably should be signed to the UFC within a win or two of their situation anyway, especially if you are an exciting fighter who's talented. Um, you should get in. But it's twofold. The UFC wants more content, so they have the show. And they want to have interesting fighters and good fighters on the show. So already you're being taken out of the usual pipeline and put into the situation where these contracts are standard for the show. So you're not negotiating. And then, yeah, they're just going to keep you around. Like your whole purpose is, is to make the show good. It's not really about um, talent too much. But they're looking for people that are good, like highlight material. The entire business model now for the UFC is they're going to have a few events a year that are the really, really top talent the guys that you want to see, the pound-for-pound best guys that are definitely the best fighters in the world. But they're going to fill up the roster of people that are uh, aesthetically pleasing, people that put on the fights that Dana's looking for on the Contender Series. He's going to sign them because it's going to make good highlights for social media. Or if you fill the whole card with these people, there's a really good fight early on. People start tuning in. And the next fight has other people that he handpicked that are that are like that, and then it's it continues. It goes from there. Um, I forget what it was. I, I believe it was the Contender Series uh, the previous week. It was very entertaining. They they fought super hard. I believe that was the, the card that Shannon Ross was on. Um, I believe they said that was like the highest ratings they ever did. It was very, very... There was a big audience. It was, it was well-received. Um, so that kind of goes to show you that what they're doing is working. Um, I just think it's messed up <laughs> but again people agree to these things uh i just think it's a mistake so bo nickel is on this which i'll get into that in a second and he doesn't get a contract in the traditional sense um they say you know he needs more experience which okay i guess he's three and oh but uh i'll, I'll touch on that too he needs more experience and we're gonna have him fight again in the contender series because you know why not we have eight more weeks of Contender Series. Let's use him for entertainment more. And Bo is like, yeah, okay, that's cool. <laughs> and he's fine with it. And he's gonna, they're going to, I assume, feed him somebody else that's not very good. But it'd be interesting if they gave him someone that could do something. Um, a, a grappler, honestly, I, I think give him a good grappler just so, you know, force him to maybe have to stand up a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you do in... in Short of giving him a fighter who's like proven to be decent for the division, uh, decently successful, I, I don't really know what you do at this point to truly test him. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe a, a good grappler. <laughs> that could be interesting. Or another wrestler. Um, but then you're kind of playing with fire. Because in MMA, uh, 
you don't need to be that the the gap can be pretty big between your wrestling and their wrestling in a traditional sense um like someone who didn't place at nationals versus bo nickel in an mma fight that doesn't mean bo nickel's automatically taking this person down and like destroying them on the ground um it's very possible that that doesn't happen uh look at dalton rasa dalton rasa versus uh romero cotton romero cotton won multiple titles in uh, d2 wrestling and uh i believe it was d2 yeah and uh, it did not matter because his wrestling was not well adapted to MMA and he couldn't take Dalton Rasta down. Dalton Rasta, Dalton Rasta out-wrestled him and outstruck him and those things are related. Um, the fact that he was so much better as a striker um, made it a lot easier for him to defend the wrestling. So you, you do play with fire when you start to match up wrestlers like that. It might come down to who's the better striker, who has a better understanding of MMA overall. That happens very often. Um, See, so yeah, I don't know what you do, but I, I think... With the experience thing, he looks comfortable. He looks comfortable. Um, he's doing what you expect him to do. I'm not really seeing any any gaps. Uh, I know when you build a prospect, you don't want them to take a loss. You want their record to look nice and shiny um, so you can promote them more easily. You want them to look uh, invincible, whatever, mytho- mythological, um, whatever they like to do about grapplers. The OC is so narrow-minded that you know once they have one model for something, um, oh, blonde and blue-eyed, we got it. That's the that's the angle. Oh, uh, he he smashes. He's a wrestler. He's a grappler. It's like he has to be Khabib. Like that's the only way we can market grapplers. Um, or he's like a wizard grappler. Like he's like Damian Maya, Charles Oliveira, whatever it is. You know what I mean? They're they're, they're not very creative. So <laughs> um, they would not be able to see other ways to to make him work unless he was just like this untouchable mythical grappler. Um, that's my assumption, and I, I think that holds up because of the way they're handling him so far um but they're all over the place some people they don't recognize properly as really talented prospects because they don't see the marketing angle so they give them really tough matchups um some of the best fighters in the lightweight division for instance keep getting matched up with each other um guram kutate ladze uh mateusz gamrat and uh demir ismagulov like why are these guys fighting each other while they're unranked like that <laughs> that's so backwards um uh, especially when other people in the same division get a bunch of weird fights in a row, uh, they get protected. You know what I mean? Uh, Patty, uh, <laughs> Patty Pimblet, it's the exact thing I'm talking about. He gets to fight in multiple people in a row who aren't that good and maybe shouldn't even be in the UFC in the first place, you know, because they're from the contender series. That's, that's the problem. Um, but, you know, Guram has to fight Gamron and Ismagulov has to fight Rafael Alves. Like, what, what's going on here? Um, we know what's going on, but just, I'm ranting. So the experience thing, I don't know. I think you give him pretty tough fighters soon and see what happens. Um, he wanted to be in the UFC. It's very obvious from this whole situation that all he cares about is being in the UFC and probably being champ. Um, give, him, give him big fights. He, he said he's the best in the world. Uh, he's not, probably. But, okay, do it. Fight, fight someone close to being ranked, like right now. Fight someone that has wins at middleweight that is not on the verge of being cut or something like that. Fight someone who has a little bit of momentum, has proven they can they can hang in the division. Fight them next. Like once he gets signed to the UFC, give him someone good, put him on the main card. Do it. Um, why wait? Why why waste time? Just do it. You don't need to baby these people if they're showing in the fights that they're good to go. Um, wait for him to show that he's not good to go before you take a step back. But they're so bad at evaluating talent based on what happens in the fights, they don't get that. Um, they only look for like really obvious things. It's they, they're really bad talent evaluators. I can't say that enough. 
Um, so that's the overall situation. Uh, do I think Bo Nickel should be on the Contender Series? No. <laughs> no. Bo Nickel could get signed to the UFC a year from now with three or four more fights with a really nice contract. A really nice contract. One year. That's all he would have to wait. He could sign a four-fight deal with Bellator. He could sign a five-fight deal with Bellator. That could be a really nice contract. He could fight that out, and he could, you know, have a clause in there that he needs to fight for a title at, you know, fight five or something like that if he wins the first four. I don't know. They, they would love that. They love signing inexperienced wrestlers and giving them opportunities. If he says he doesn't want to be rushed, uh, if he does want to be rushed or if he doesn't, they'll, they'll respect that. They, they know what to do with wrestlers. They're much better about it than the UFC is. Um, the whole Pico situation, what people didn't see that was happening behind the scenes is a lot of those moves were on Pico's end. Um, like everything there was like what he wanted and what his management wanted. Not what his coaches wanted, but what he and his management wanted. So they listen. They do respect your wishes, um, despite being every bit as scummy. Bellator is very scummy. Um, but if you're looking for that kind of situation, that kind of flexibility, yeah, they're better. Or honestly, if you think you're that good, go go to PFL. Go to PFL and win a million dollars in your first or second year as a professional fighter. Come on. That's... There are so many better options than immediately going to the UFC because you, you're impatient or something like that. Um, so I, I just think it's very narrow-minded, and it might just be his limited understanding of MMA. But what I think happened is Bo Nickel starts to talk a little bit about wanting to do MMA, like maybe not knowing a lot about MMA, but like maybe training a little bit, dabbling in jiu-jitsu, like trying things out, watching a few fights, UFC fights, I'm sure. Uh, and, and, you know, he's, the wrestling community is small. Everyone knows each other. He knows people that fight in other promotions. Like, there's no way he doesn't. But he's, he's a kind of a self-centered person. I'm just going to say that. I don't want to rant too much about Bunnicle's personality, but I'm not his biggest fan as a person. As a wrestler, I like him a lot. Um, but I think he started to talk about it a little bit. And as soon as that was out there, uh, Malki Kawa or Abe Kawa, whichever one it was, was, was up his ass, um, saying like, oh, yo, you want to be in the UFC? You want to be UFC champ? Like, I'm John Jones, the manager. I will get you in there right away, and you can you know do exactly what you want to do. And, uh, yeah, now we're here. So <laughs> he, he got played a little bit, but here's why I think it's probably not a huge deal. I think he is relatively financially independent at this point and doesn't, it's not a huge deal. Um, the money, I think him being in the UFC and being UFC champ is more about being for certain the best in the world at, at it. And, you know, I think there's a lot else that goes along with it about being an MMA fighter rather than being a wrestler. Uh, part of it that it is a livelihood, even if you aren't making the most you could possibly make. But, you know, the most you could possibly make will be in the UFC. I'm just saying he could get there different ways and not have to be poor in terms of his pay um, for the first part of it. Uh, you know, there's, there's all there's things we all don't know about what happened with this situation, but it doesn't look good to me. Um, doesn't speak well to the way his career is being managed from a, a literal management perspective or also just the way his career is being paced so far. Um, but we'll see who he gets next. We'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a little pessimistic about it. But in terms of him as a fighter, it, it looks good. looks good to me. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at. With, with the Bo Nickel thing. I hope there wasn't anything I said I was going to talk about that I didn't. Um, 
And yeah, if you've never listened to me or heard me talk about anything before, I guess it could be surprising some of my perspectives because wrestling as a culture is very uh, conservative. It's a conservative culture. Um, it subscribes to a lot of conservative beliefs uh, and it's this very like uh, American uh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, that kind of thing. Because wrestling is a really, really hard sport. You work super hard. And it's more common in rural areas, which have also been fed those similar philosophies. So it all kind of melts together uh, to become this this beast where wrestlers are like, I am exemplifying this philosophy, and it, I am I am the living proof of, of this political ideology. Um, it happens. It happens. And you know, I have very very uh, nuanced thoughts about the way people's thoughts are shaped and the way that they're conditioned uh, by their environment. And I'm not going to say like they're dumb or they're bad people or anything like that. It just, it's what it is. Um, if you're, if you're from the wrestling community, you know, people like that. And I bet you're friends with people like that. Um, not saying we have to be friends with all of them, but it's, it's kind of unavoidable to, to run into those people and have to deal with those people. So, um, I mean, there's, it's a topic for another time. But I will say that that's pretty pervasive. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, yeah, wrestling guy, um, he's going to be a certain way. And then you're like, oh, this guy's a soy boy beta or whatever you want to say about me. Um, yeah, surprise. Um, I am. I am a soy boy beta. But I love wrestling. I love MMA. Um, I just uh, I think everyone deserves better. That's all. So keeping it a tight 30 minutes uh definitely longer than i thought it was going to be i thought i was gonna go for like 10 minutes but i forgot that i cannot do that i cannot ever keep anything concise and brief so here you go 30 full minutes just about bow nickel in the contender series but there's a lot of other stuff packed in there i hope you liked it um i am not gonna promise weekly releases so i'll see you when i see you um yeah i hope you liked it uh hit me up on twitter edward gallo mma my account is private but if you follow me Um, I will approve it. Okay, bye-bye.